On this episode of Soul Filler Diaries, we will be talking a little bit about the sensitive subject of human trafficking and advocacy for its victims. If you or anyone you know has been a victim of human trafficking, you can contact the National Trafficking Hotline at 888-373-7888. Thank you for listening. Soul Filler Diaries is here to meet you wherever you are on your life path. Life is like a mountain trail with ups and downs, twists and turns. It is most fulfilling when you follow the path best suited for you and find the beauty along the way. We hope to be relatable, inspiring, and leave you with healthier minds, bodies, and wallets. Join me in conversations with guests that intend to fill our souls and help us all along our path to living an abundant life. Welcome to this episode of Soul Filler Diaries. Today we have Megan Hetherington with us. Thank you so much for being here, Megan. Yes, thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Like, it's always a joy to spend time with you. Likewise. And we're coming off of a busy summer. Yeah. Like kids running, kids parties, kids being kids, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I was just thinking I could use a few days of solitude. I don't know about you, but. Yes. Yeah. Tonight is supposed to be my night off. Wednesdays are supposed to be my night off. My husband, he he always has his night off. It's never missed. Mm-hmm. Mine seems to <laughs> be neglected <laughs> oh, more you regularly. Have to make that a priority. I know. I think I need yeah. to be more of an advocate for my own night off. But I also have this grant that I have to finish. So the grant I, writing on I'm your night try off. To. That doesn't sound like a night off. <laughs> I know. I know. But the timing, it's due tonight. My own fault. I procrastinated mm. on this one. Okay, so if you had your ideal Megan night, what would that look like? I think that would look like everybody else in the house being out of the house so I could just stay home by right. myself. Yeah. <laughs> that no, would that be the ideal night. It's like bliss. And yeah. I, I get that now sometimes because Tim nice. will be gone and Brooklyn's and maybe even if she's home, she's kind of down in her space and quiet mm-hmm. and like so it feels like there's that yeah, peace or calm that you can really find your space to yeah, because yeah. then I can just chill and like eat what I want, watch mm-hmm. a show if I want, read if I want to. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy going out from time to time, but I usually just I I need alone time to recharge and yeah. I don't ever have alone time. I'm always with someone all the time. Mm-hmm. So when I start to feel like I do need time to just take care of myself, it's almost like I need to find Actually, we need we need this as a business. We yeah. need a place where you can just go that would feel like home. Yep. <laughs> you can just go chill there yeah. if you don't have that in your own home. But you don't have to be eating or drinking or like doing an activity. Yeah. You can just be there. Be in solitude. Yeah. And when we bought our condo up in Bellingham, that was the first time in my life. So I'd been parenting at that point for 25 years. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Like, yeah. it, I mean, it was so amazing to have that solitude. Yeah. And that was, but that was like that place where I could go where nobody was. And it was like, you're saying, I'm not spending money. I'm not yep. having to do activities, but I could just journal and mm-hmm. be alone. And that's, that's pretty powerful. So I try yeah. to do it once a year now, take some time where I go find a place. But I, I had another friend that said that when she, her kids were babies, she was like, I would like someplace I could just go take a nap for a yeah. couple hours is there someplace I can just go take a nap for a couple hours and like get some sleep? You know, I don't need to go shopping or running errands. I just need to go sleep. Yeah. That's almost like a, 
uh, like a nest for moms. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you need the space for. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Someone needs to do that. Yeah. In downtown Snohomish, Mm -hmm. preferably. I can use it. (laughs) You can even make it like a nonprofit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Moms need that for sure. Yeah. There's a need there. Okay, whoever hears this. This is like getting into your your heart. There you go. Yeah, there's a need for it. Yeah. If if both of us feel that way, like, you know, other first clients. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. That a lot of women probably feel that way. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, now we're into this discussion and I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people probably don't know who you are yet. So if you're in town, you've probably seen Megan's name, but um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Work-wise, I'm the executive director of the historic Downtown Snohomish Association, Mm -hmm. and I have been in that role since May of 2022, so just a little over a year. Through that, I have learned a lot about our community and what goes on in our community Mm -hmm. and where things come from and how things affect us. And that, in a nutshell, led to me running for city council. So if you see signs with an incredibly long last name on them (laughs) throughout town. Megan Hetherington, that's me. Um, So I am running for city council this year. I also am just kind of, I think I'm just an advocate in general. Like if there's things that I feel need to be improved upon, or there's places where someone is not being represented or spoken for, injustices that I see, Mm -hmm. I want to do something. Yeah. In those places. Now, that doesn't really come into my job per se. I mean, right. maybe in some ways, but I ultimately would like to get into a nonprofit world where I am working for some sort of agency where there is more of that work, more mm-hmm. of that social justice work. So I'm on the path to get there. And I think that's probably the best summary of myself. That's great. <laughs> I didn't, and, and part of what I love about this podcast is how I get to know things about people that I didn't know. And mm-hmm. I haven't really known you that long, right? Like yeah. a year and not quite a year and a half, mm-hmm. but it's been really fun to get to know you. But I didn't, yeah, the social justice piece. I mean, I knew that the, you had a heart for that, but mm-hmm. that's cool to hear that that's maybe more down the road yeah. for you. So yeah, that's where I would like to professionally end up at some point. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you for, I'm going to, you know, give kudos for the city council. I mean, stepping up and being, you know, taking time, your time to really show up for your community is yeah. I mean, I I haven't done it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're doing it. I mean, you're showing up for this campaign. I mean, that campaign. Yes. Campaigning is weird. Yeah. It's like, well, and just full transparency. I didn't like seek out, oh, maybe I should learn a way to serve. Like I had the thought, I did have the original thought at some point in my mind, but I wasn't actively looking into it really. And then some other community members had asked me, hey, did you know that one of the positions is going to be open? Have you ever considered running for city council? And I started asking more questions. And it seemed to what everyone, everyone's knowledge was that I would most likely be unopposed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's cool because I'm not a huge like, I mean... I'm an introvert, but mm-hmm. I also, I love kind of giving other people platforms, you know? Yeah. And normally I'm just about the work. So like going in and doing the, like having the position of a city council member and doing the work for the city definitely interests me mm-hmm. in like representing the community that way. And, but campaigning, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no, thanks. 
So I wasn't expecting to really have to campaign. And lo and behold, like all the way up until the very last minute, that week where you file, the filing week, it was just me. And I was thinking, great, like this will be super chill and I can just learn the basics of what you have to do to campaign and like what it means to do that legally. And and then I had an opponent in the 11th hour. I was like, oh, man, now I'm going to actually have to show up and campaign in this way. But it's been really cool to see the support, you know, like people are kind of coming out of the woodwork and there are so many people in this community, especially women. That's been such a cool thing to see. There are women running Snohomish and (laughs) you don't necessarily know it, but they are involved in everything Mm -hmm. and they are the most supportive, active people and they're out there just doing the work too. So Mm -hmm. that's been really nice to meet these new groups of just kind of active community members that are willing to support me. And yeah, that's, that's been cool. It's, it was very fun at your um, campaign kickoff party. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh man, like I know that person. I know that. And it's like funny how like, yeah, the people that you connect with mm-hmm. really come together for similar yeah. interests. And so it was really, really a good event that yeah. evening. It and was that kickoff, I was it's like, always oh. really humbling. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I have to go I shouldn't say have to, but people's <laughs> like, oh, I have to go to this social thing. And I always get kind of nervous. It's always humbling every time yeah. to just be, I just feel very supported. And it's like, these people are showing up, you know, for these things that we all care about together. And when you have to be kind of like the name of that or the poster child of that in a certain way, that it's a little awkward for me. But ultimately, we're all there because, like you said, we believe in the same things. We're like minded. We care about Snohomish. Right. So. That's always a good thing. Yes. And you're only, I mean, you've got only a little over two months left, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can look at it in those terms, how, when did you start working on this project? I mean, I had to file by like May 22nd or something like that. So you're Um, three months, you're three months in at this point and you've got two months to go. Yeah. I am terrified of campaigning. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I ran unopposed for the school board position in the one election that we had. And then I stepped down before the next election. Yeah. And I, I was terrified of camp, the campaigning part. Yeah. It, but I mean, it's really probably a growth area that I need then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what am I so afraid of? Yeah. Like maybe it's something to get outside the box, but you're doing a great job and like, Thank it you. is great to see the support and yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been really chill so far. My opponent isn't very quiet, mm-hmm. so I don't really know what to expect there. Yeah. He's going to do what he's going to do mm-hmm. and great, you know, yeah. no problems. And I will just continue to focus on what my priorities are and yeah. I have nothing bad to say about him or anybody mm-hmm. else. And so that's one thing that I was nervous about, like what can these things turn into? Mm-hmm. But it's so far it's, there's been nothing, but even if there was, it's like, you can't control it. Right. Yeah. So you just yeah. focus on what you want your message to be. And then, yeah, if things did come along like that, like figure out how to roll. Yeah. Let it roll off. Yeah. That, that I think. And that's where the the life lessons would be for me. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, try to not take this mm-hmm. internally and kind of let it roll past. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I'm okay with that. Like I don't, I have pretty thick skin. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what I have found about myself is that if it's somebody that I really care about, that I have like a relationship with, yeah. that bothers me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm really concerned about did I mess something up? What's going to happen to our relationship? Like, you know, that sort of conflict. But people in general saying things about me or having opinions about me or whatever, it just, it just doesn't really bother me. Genuinely. I don't know why. I love (laughs) that. Sometimes I I feel like I have a heart of stone or something. (laughs) No, no. But 
I admire that. You definitely do not have a heart of stone. Okay. <laughs> I think everything you've been talking about shows that, you know, I like don't. you have a heart for advocating and helping people. So yeah. I would not call that a heart of stone. Well, that's good. <laughs> thick skin. We'll call it so, thick skin. Yeah. Okay. We've heard a little bit about what you're doing now, but mm-hmm. how did you get to this point? How did you end up in Snohomish? Tell us this yeah. kind of your, your story. I grew up in the Seattle area. And uh, mostly, well, I was raised as a child in Shoreline for the Mm -hmm. most part. And then my husband and I had our home in Edmonds where we were raising our kids for the first like nine years, Mm -hmm. 10 years. We bought our first home in 2005. And then in 2006, we bought our second home. Like, you know, we moved. We didn't buy two homes. We bought our next home. It was like right at the height of that market around that time. Yes. And it was okay. Like we could afford it for the time being. But then the recession happened. My husband lost his job. I've been in small business Mm -hmm. forever. And we kept our small business going. But all of us basically were not getting paid. Like Mm -hmm. I think we were getting paid like three or four hundred dollars a month. It was just nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because we were trying to keep the business going. So we were able to hang on to our house, but it was through a lot of creativity, mm-hmm. you know, like moving into interest only loans and just trying to hang on to it. And it was super stressful. And at the end of it, we were like, man, I do not want to live for my mortgage ever again. Yeah, <laughs> It yeah. was just so scary. So we decided we would move into a smaller home in Edmonds is what we were looking for. And Mm -hmm. to give some, you know, reference to this, we didn't have a big house in the first place. We had like a little, like a four bedroom rambler, you know, but we thought we could all fit into a smaller home if we had to, (laughs) to make it more affordable. Mm -hmm. Um, We got priced out of Edmonds like that, like overnight. Mm -hmm. And so then we were like, oh shoot, we're going to need to start looking in other areas. And my cousin lives in Snohomish up in the Clearview area. Yeah. And I had never been here except for like my sister-in-law had a little cabin on Flowing Lake and I had gone to the pumpkin farms, but I had never been into town really. So I called her. I'm like, what do you, what do you think about Snohomish? It seems like you've been pretty happy there. And she's like, oh, we love it. We'll never leave. And you should totally check it out. So we were looking at homes, ended up looking at this one, which is the one that we bought Mm -hmm. here in downtown Snohomish. And it's placed where like you, if you come in from highway nine, yep. you haven't gone through town yet. So mm-hmm. we came directly to the house and then the realtor was like, oh, you should walk down the street. Town is right there. Like there's this cute little downtown. Yeah. We're like, cool. So we did. And we walked down first to the bakery mm-hmm. and we sat there and we just kind of watched people and we just felt like that snow ho vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We were like, this place is really nice. I think yeah. we want to move here. So we made the decision that day to buy that house and move to Snohomish kind of sight unseen really like we had hardly had any time here so that's how we ended up here that was in 2015 and COVID actually is what brought me out of my job which I still had in Edmonds okay my full-time job in health and fitness industry because we all got shut down during COVID yeah so that was the time that I was able to really explore Snohomish because aside from like the aquatic center and the dance studio where I would take my kids mm-hmm. or like the ice cream shop, I didn't have a lot of time to spend here because I was always working. Right. I think we talked about that. Yeah. When you yeah. were on our podcast. Yeah. So we, I really kind of started to fall more and more in love with the area and the businesses that we have here and just kind of was able to be even more immersed into that, you know? Mm-hmm. And actually while before this in 2019... I was following Historic Downtown Snohomish on Facebook and I saw there that they were hiring a new executive director. Mm-hmm. So I applied and had heard back from them. They're like, oh, you've been 
your application has been moved along to the next step in the interview process. You'll be hearing from us. And then I didn't hear anything. I'm like, okay, (laughs) there's passing over me this time. But when I saw it again in 2022, I thought, well, I'm not too proud to try this again. And obviously was hired that time. And I'm so glad you were. Yeah. So that's kind of how I came into Snohomish, came into this job. And I think, yeah, I think we did talk about it. And just so you guys know, Megan also is host of Snohomish Storytellers podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, it's listen to Brandy's episode. (laughs) (laughs) And we talk a little bit about even me that we've lived, we had had our house in Clearview. You know, we lived here in town and then we had our house in Clearview. But because I was always working south, like I didn't come into town. And during COVID, then I started coming into town more and spent more time, I think, during the COVID time period in town than I had Mm -hmm. previously. So that was definitely a shift. And, and I don't know if overall, if because I wasn't here before, if the community has felt that from coming in from all different places, right? All different people, like where there's just more energy down here. It'd be interesting to to that ask. would be interesting to ask. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do have actual data now that we mm-hmm. can look at and yeah. see the the change. Yeah, what it was like, like 2019 mm-hmm. to 2023, mm-hmm. the comparison. I mean, yeah. I do feel like I've heard in general from people that it just keeps getting more and more vibrant and more and mm-hmm. more energized. And so I think that's probably generally true, but I like looking at actual numbers. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to go look at yeah. that now after this. <laughs> No, I think it would be, I I would be interested because 2019 is when I wanted, you know, I was like, I think I want to start getting, you know, having that closer to home because I joined the school board in 2018 Mm -hmm. and that's where I felt kind of drawn, drawn into town more and then spent so much more time here during COVID. So I just don't want to ever change it now. But you said you have a cousin that lives in Clearview. I don't think I knew that. So I wonder if, did they have kids? Well, ironically, after she was like, we'll never leave, they ended up leaving. But their kids are all older now. So it makes sense. How old were their, do you know how old their kids were? So her oldest is a junior in college. And then the next one I think is in his sophomore year. The Haggards, they own Haggard Electric, which oh, is actually okay. just down here. And yeah, they have that cool Maple. building mm-hmm. on Maple. I've always yeah. like, they did a really good job on that design. Yeah. It's, I always think that when I drive by. So, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know cool if we shop. had kids together um, down in that community. I don't, I don't remember running across them, but. Yeah, they do actually still have one that's in school, but they moved over to Chelan County somewhere. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, um, but they still do business here and. I think they actually bought a townhouse in town too, so they could be closer to their business when they're here working. So they're still Snohomies. I guess they didn't technically leave, did they? (laughs) They came back. (laughs) There's a couple of people that I know that have left, but they are tied here for their business Mm -hmm. and maybe have a second home here. Yeah. Yeah. Which shows, you know, nobody really wants to completely leave. leave, And I think that like, I don't know if I'd ever want to leave. You know, you think about like, okay, where are you going to retire? We have such great like healthcare in this area there's and then Mm -hmm. we have this housing market and I'm like we ever leave this market have you ever had to come back how would you break back in I mean that's yeah that's happened to my friends actually they moved to San Francisco for work and Mm -hmm. then they ended up coming back and they had sold their house when they left and they were like well shoot yeah (laughs) now what you know yeah they're able to rent and they live right here in town which is nice but well, and that's hard. That's a hard part about the market right now, too, is if you sell your house to buy another one and then you can't find another one, what happens? Yeah. It's such a tight market. That's There's what some... happened to us in Edmonds, mm-hmm. you know, because we were like, oh, well, we weren't sure exactly where we wanted to live. Yeah. We knew we wanted to stay kind of in that area. Mm-hmm. So we sold our house. We rented from my father-in-law for, I mean, I think we were there for less than 60 days. Mm-hmm. And in that time, we were like, nope, Edmonds yeah. is not an option anymore. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, you've kind of told a little bit about your story and how you got here. 
what is the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome in, in your life to get to where you are today? Probably health. Yeah. I struggled with migraines mm-hmm. that I had since I was like eight. And they kind of progressively got worse over the years. And I was trying everything. I mean, I'm, I love learning. I love researching. So in general, I do that. But especially mm-hmm. if I'm like trying to make myself feel better. Yeah. I basically exhausted all of the options and really didn't have any relief. And so I think it was, let's see, 2021, it must have been. Yeah. In the summer, I was in so much pain all the time. Like I was, I was just always in pain. Yeah. And I would wake up in the morning and kind of do like a body scan of like, okay, how, how bad is the pain today? And then during that time, I also hurt my back. I don't know how, but like my back went out. And so I had horrible migraines and then I had awful back pain. So I couldn't walk for more than like 20 minutes. And I was just like, it just sucked. Yeah. No. (laughs) So I could never get through a day without some sort of pain or having to go to bed early from migraines. And like, for those who have migraines, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And for those who don't, have never had them. Like it's not just really a really bad headache. Like it's a horrible, horrible headache plus vision changes, neurological mm-hmm. disruption, stomach upset. Like you, you don't function. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I would push it to the point of you're trying to just live your life and get things done. You know. And I would be medicated all the time. Then I ended up getting rebound headaches from medication. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it was this awful cycle. And trying to parent through all of that. Like, you don't get a break from parenting, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you tell yourself, well, I just still need to show up for my kids. And you try to, but you're not fully present. You're always distracted by your pain and trying to just survive. So that's been my biggest obstacle. I did find a program that has brought me a lot of relief. It was called Migraine Mastery. Mm -hmm. And it's basically this um, naturopathic doctor that started it. And she, along with a nutritionist, is it endocrinologist, the hormone specialist? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're called. I think so. So nutritionist, hormone specialist, and then somebody who did like movement, mindfulness, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual sort of things. And they all tackled this where like the first couple months, you're just collecting data. Like mm-hmm. you're just writing down what you eat, how you slept, how you felt when you got your migraine onset and what happened, what the weather was like, like all the things. Right. <laughs> if you were stressed out, you know. Mm-hmm. You turn all that in and then they start like picking up on all these clues and basically you do little alterations from time to time. And I had like over 200 and something migraine triggers that we had to address and get taken care of. And now like I've gone from being in pain all the time every day to now I have maybe four migraine days a month, Mm -hmm. which is a huge reduction. Yeah. And there are certain times like this week, like I've been kind of migraine-ish all week and we've had really bad smoke and it's also been kind of stressful at home, just things that have been going on. And so I like, at least I can make sense of it, you know, and there's tools that I have. And even like the pain that I've been experiencing this week is like a four versus Mm -hmm. before it'd be like 10 every time, you know, non-functional. So that's been without a doubt my biggest (laughs) obstacle. That is that is hard. So when you have those four days a month, will you get just one day episodes or are they typically a multi day episodes that you get? It kind of depends. Like this week, I've just been headachey mm-hmm. most of the week. Yeah. Like yesterday, I felt more on the migraine side because like I had the vision disruption mm-hmm. and it's almost like I can't I don't know how to describe it. You can't really compare it to other things, but it's like 
it's almost like if you can envision waves moving throughout your body mm-hmm. because it feels like it feels like waves of pain, but it also feels like your balance is shifting. Mm-hmm. Like you're made of the ocean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you're trying to walk around on dry land. Mm-hmm. So like my balance will be off and I just feel weird, you know, yeah. that's more migrainey versus if I'm in a headache day, it's just, it's literally just a headache. Like you mm-hmm. have some pain and it's a little bit distracting, but like this week, it's been more of like headachey days. Yesterday, I was a little bit afraid I was going to go into like a full migraine and to go yeah. to bed early last night. And then today I just kind of have that reminiscent, like I'm just sort of subdued, you know? Yeah. So it just really depends. It's like, and I think that this week it's been because of the smoke that mm-hmm. was in the air. And like I said, there's just been a lot happening. So I think I'm carrying extra stress. Yeah. But when things are like, there's not so many outside triggers like that. And I, if I just get one randomly, mm-hmm. it's usually like an a day. Yeah. Like an episodic, you know, 24 hour period. Yeah. So I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's way better than it was before. Yeah. But I think that's what allowed me to actually start pursuing things. Like I went back to school in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I got a new job. I'm pursuing things like the city council. I never, ever would have done anything like that before ever because I knew that I couldn't. Right. You know, like didn't know how you'd feel on a day where you're committed to things. Right. Well, that and it's like I was missing so much work and Mm -hmm. going to bed early so many days or not able to get up in the morning and like get the kids ready because I was just constantly in pain. Mm -hmm. So like you can't even just show up. Right. Right. In general, you Mm -hmm. know, so pursuing anything additional was just out of question. Yeah. So the absence of the pain or consistent pain now Mm -hmm. is allowed you to have this drive to to be able to do things. Yeah. Do stuff now that I'm interested in doing, which is like such a gift. Like I remember the first month that I went, like you're always kind of waiting for the shoe to drop too, you Mm -hmm. know, when you're in a, a good, a new good place. And I was like, is this what all y'all are walking around, just living your lives every day? (laughs) Like you just get up and you feel fine and you Mm -hmm. go to work and you feel fine and you're not worried all the time about if you have medicine in your purse or in your car and in your pocket and in your jacket and everywhere. Because if you're out somewhere and you get a migraine and you can't go home, how are you going to get through the rest of your day? How are you going to be able to drive home? Like all of these things Mm -hmm. that you have to constantly be preoccupied thinking about. Like the first month when I wasn't thinking about those things anymore and I was just kind of living. It's like, dang, all you lucky people just walking <laughs> around, living your lives. Perspective. So lucky. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like there's so much perspective in that. that You know, and we talked about that on there's an episode we have that we haven't released yet. And we talk about that. Like we just don't even know yeah. sometimes all the things we have to be grateful for because until you don't have them, you don't really appreciate them. Yeah. So. You have this appreciation for being able to get up and go in life. Yeah, just what you might call quote unquote normalcy, you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a gift for for me, you know. And that that migraine, I do have a friend that suffers too. And it's been, it's been years and years, I mean, since childhood, Mm -hmm. years and years of struggle in like even being able to make plans. And sometimes early in the week, she'll be like, I know we have plans this weekend, but just, you know, I have a migraine. And so just heads up, I may not be able to make it, you know, yeah. I feel it coming on. And it's like, I, I mean, seeing her living that through her experiences, I'm like, yeah, it does give me appreciation for not having to experience that. Cause I don't even know the depth of what yeah. you guys go through, but it's not fun. Yeah. No. And like you mentioned parenting, I took Amy to her first concert. It must've been January of 2022 and it had been postponed several times because of COVID. Yeah. And 
I didn't realize how much my kids notice, especially her. She's the youngest. And so she was like nine at the time. And she's like, do you have your medicine? And I was like, no, I didn't bring it. I'm not, I'm not taking medicine anymore. And she was like, hmm, okay. And you're going to be okay driving. It's a long drive because sometimes driving would trigger it yeah. for me. And I'm like, I'm going to be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then she's like, well, it's going to be loud. The concert, like, did you bring earplugs? <laughs> like, I mean, I never would tell her. Right. Driving is a trigger for me. Right. Or loud noises can be a trigger for me. You know, she didn't know that specifically, but they are so perceptive right. that she knew all of that yeah. about me just yeah. by watching. Or when I would have to not go to something or mm -hmm. leave early or her dad would have to take her to something that we had planned to go to together, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of sad. I was like, yeah. man, you think and like you can't be perfect in anything, of course, but it's like I would fight my way through stuff like through pain to try to show up for the kids. Yeah. But they knew, mm -hmm. you know, that I wasn't fully there because right. you can't be like when you're looking for a bathroom because you're going to throw up at any yeah. moment. Yeah. You know? like, you're just, you can't be in the joy of the moment of what's right. going on. You're preoccupied with your pain and how you're going to take care of it. You know, yeah. I'm glad that that's mostly behind us. I love that you don't have to live in that constant state anymore. Yeah. And do you mind sharing the name of the group that was able to help you? Is that something? Yeah, it's called doing? Migraine Mastery. You can look at it online. It's for women specifically. Okay. Women in general are more migraine sufferers mm -hmm. than men are, but they deal with like, you know, our cycles and hormones mm -hmm. and all of those things that can contribute to pain. A lot of it's like inflammation in the body. So I learned mm -hmm. a lot about that, things that I didn't know before. And yeah, it's a great program. I, like I said, I had tried everything. I had exhausted yeah. all the things and this was finally effective. So yeah. Thank you, Migraine Mastery. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so you've talked a little bit about some of the, you know, the social justice, the things you mm -hmm. want to do in the future. But in your current role, and and we've talked about like, you know, the city council position. So ideally, if you could look at the next couple of years and look at your growth and what you would be doing, what, what do you think that would look like? Well, I want to finish my bachelor's degree finally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I've been chipping away at it within capacity because, again, like I was never able to go back for several reasons. Pain yeah. was one of them. I'm kind of doing like one class at a time when I can afford it with my time and my money. <laughs> so that's how that's been going. And that's one goal because I am in social justice studies. So like I'd like to get my degree finished. I mean, being on city council was really, it's a learning opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. I really do like to learn. And I've been seeing, like I said, throughout this last year, how many things are affect you on the local level, but also through some of my work, I've been able to see how that is kind of it's not a pyramid, but it trickles down from other yeah. places. Right. Mm -hmm. And like our legislators and lobbyists and all these people that are are serving in these positions that always seem kind of so distant from from us on the on, on living in our homes and working in our communities. I've been learning about how they really aren't, but they they need advocates. Like if there's not mm -hmm. advocacy there, they're not going to know about the thing that's happening on the county level that's yeah. going to affect you here in Snohomish, you know, so. My eyes have been kind of open to that and I feel like being interjected into those spaces can be helpful, especially because when I look at city council in most places and here in Snohomish, you don't see a lot of people like in our stage of life. Right. You know, and I know why, because it's <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. This stage of life is a lot of work. Right. Why would you add something else onto it? 
But there's a certain amount of feedback you're going to get as a city council person when you are like trying to reach out to the community. Mm-hmm. You're only going to get whatever feedback of the individuals that are responding. Right? right. And again, I don't really feel like for the majority, it is people in our our phase of life. So the organic input that you get just by having someone on the council who is living that life yep. in Snohomish is always going to be more informative and more powerful. So I feel like that's a really good representation of a huge majority of our city. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I don't honestly, I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm I'm here to learn yeah. <laughs> and to serve. So yeah. however that manifests itself, you know, yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> you're connected to people in your kind of similar dem- demographic, you know, their mm-hmm. parents, other neighbors, and being able to bring that perspective of what the people in your life exper- experience yeah. is really important because I do think kind of what you're saying is you get a lot of people with time and special interests Mm -hmm. that will be the ones that kind of show up with a voice. Yeah. And so when you can have that representation of different demographics, it is important to have that. that And I don't have any like agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to make sure that Snohomish maintains its welcoming feel. Mm -hmm. I think we could even do some more work there. Right. And I want to preserve, you know, that historical character that we have. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that our small businesses are supported and succeed. But these are all kind of the backbone of Snohomish already. It's not like I'm coming in with any crazy like ideas to change a bunch of things. But I do feel like there is kind of a lack of representation. And if there's any way that I can open up some of those spaces or doors for other people, I would be interested in doing that. And then as far as the social justice part, I mean... Again, being connected at the city level, I think, is going to open up some other doors that I'm just unaware of. Yeah. Of, um, I mean, mainly my, what I should be more specific, like with social justice, I started with the Dressember Foundation over 10 years ago. And this is basically an organization that brings awareness and works to end sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. So my involvement with that foundation and through the Dressember campaign it would, I never knew that it existed on such a prevalent level in every single community on earth, basically. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. And it's here in Snohomish. It's in Snohomish County. Snohomish County is actually has one of the highest rates in Washington state wow. for juvenile sex trafficking. Wow. And it's because of a high amount of runaways. Um, mm-hmm. There's also really high numbers among native populations. Mm-hmm. So like these are things that are happening right here in our backyard, right. you know. What's the reason for that? What are what can we do on a city level or who can we be speaking to on the state level that can work towards remedying this, right? Mm-hmm. So I know there's going to be a local presence and that maybe a way that I can learn something that would be beneficial to that cause. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately I would like to work for a nonprofit that does that specifically. Mm-hmm. Like the International Justice Mission is one that does global work that would be like kind of dream job sort of thing. Yeah. But there are agencies on the local level everywhere Mm -hmm. that worked. They all work collaboratively, Mm -hmm. which you kind of need. Like you need those local level activists and it's not always done through law and it's not as easy. Like the picture of poor little girl was kidnapped off of her front porch Mm -hmm. and taken into sex trafficking and, you know, a slave for six years and then rescued by a law enforcement officer. That's not, (laughs) <laughs> like that's the easy one to get behind and be like, yay, good work, yeah. everybody. <laughs> you know, yeah. but that's really not the case. Mm-hmm. The case typically is girls, especially that end up in situations where they run away from home or they're being trafficked by a family member and they have 
like intimate connections to their traffickers. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for them to leave. They're emotionally involved, you know, and they're also kind of brainwashed. And then once you have them out, what what are you doing for them after that? Mm -hmm. What sort of aftercare is there? What sort of job placement is there for those that are old enough to support themselves so they don't go back into trafficking? Because maybe that was that's all that they've ever known financially, that person taking care of them or that's how they're taking care of themselves and their families. You know, like there's deep, deep issues there. Well, and just even the the trauma recovery Mm -hmm. and the retraining your brain. Yeah. It it sounds like any abusive relationship, right? You can be in it and want to get away. Yeah. But when it's all you know, you yourself contribute to repeating those patterns, right? Mm -hmm. That can take years, right? Yeah. So you can't just pull them out of a situation and be like, okay, let's plug you in here. Right. Because not only could they, you know, just not know how to navigate that situation, the new situation, it'd be easy for them to fall into another yeah. similar scenario because it's really all, that's how their brain works, yeah. right? Like super tragic. And it's really hard to, because I'm in mortgage now, which mm-hmm. we always go like, if something goes awry or, if, you know, everything's not going perfect, nobody's dying. Yeah. This isn't somebody's life. But when I worked in the schools, you know, we would see that interfamily yeah. trafficking or inter, and it's, it's almost like, I can't like my whole body reacts when I even say it because I can't even fathom, fathom that. It's a difficult, heavy, yes, heavy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do we, yeah. How do you help and educate? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what I'm trying to keep myself open to is like, I have this big picture idea of like, yeah, working one of these agencies would be incredible, but maybe what is going to be presented in front of me is going to be through my connection that I will have here. Like, you know, I don't have some perfect picture of what I think I'm going Mm -hmm. to going to be doing. The more that I've learned throughout life is like, just follow that next step. Like do, what are they saying? Frozen, do the next right thing. Do the next (laughs) right thing. Yeah. But that seems to get you to where you're supposed to be most of the time. And just being open to what might be presented in front of you, you know, so I know that I will be exposed to and learn other things, especially if I end up on city council, that will probably affect my future decisions, you know, but also I don't have to wait for some future job to make a difference here locally. Right. So I, I'm definitely going to be looking for those opportunities as well. That's, that's so awesome. And that's really ties back into a lot of what our podcast is about is mm-hmm. what we talk about is just being agile or being able to go with the flow. Yeah. As Trent and I said last time, it's like, you never know what's going to come up next week, what relationship, right? what information that was like, that sparks the next thing for you. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see yeah mm-hmm. the work that you do. And Thanks. yeah, and I would love to help if there's ever Thank anything you. I can join you. And I believe you not. when you say that, because yes. you always show up. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try to show up. I was going to say, there's a podcast you can listen to called Things That Survivors Wish You Knew. Mm-hmm. And it's put on by Dress Ember. And okay. it's, they interview survivors all the time. People that have been brought out of trafficking in one way or another. And it's really interesting to kind of hear like what you were saying, those you know, how you get placed into the rest of your life, essentially. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, just wanted to throw yeah, that out there for I'll you. I'll have to listen to that. That's really good. And what is it called again? Things That Survivors Wish You Knew. Things That and Survivors Wish You Knew. it's a Dressember podcast. So I think okay. if you just type in Dressember. And that's D-R-E-S-S-E-M-B-E-R. Yeah. 
Okay, so what month is it? December. I'm December. Yeah. December. Okay. Not yeah. September. December. Okay. December is in December. <laughs> December. It's, okay. It's all month long. You wear a dress every day, which is not normally my thing. I, but I don't think I have enough dresses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wear a lot of repeats for sure, mm-hmm. but it's even more so like I can handle the wearing a dress. I can figure out how to style a dress yeah. each day for 31 days, but it's the social media part. Again, like I don't like putting myself out there mm-hmm. that much. <laughs> the whole campaigning thing, like. You're campaigning for a dress ember, but you post a picture of yourself in a dress every day. Yeah. And it's kind of like this fashion challenge that's paired with this incredible mission. Mm-hmm. And we average like two to three million dollars raised every December, which is super cool. I think collectively they've raised like 18 million or something like that. What if this year you worked with some of the first street businesses to sell to dresses, highlight yeah. some of their dresses they have in the yeah. shop. So you just go try on their dresses. Yep. I do want photo. to do that. I think I talked to Courtney at Maple and Moss about that yeah. last year, because another thing that has come to my attention is a lot of trafficking is within the fashion industry, mm-hmm. you know, like children and otherwise are being used for cheap labor, fast fashion. So ways that you can actually support that, whether you're involved or support the anti of that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Whether you're involved in the organization or not is like you can buy from ethically made labels Mm -hmm. and Courtney at Maple and Moss actually carries quite a few. Okay. Which is really cool. Or you can, even when you're shopping locally, typically there's not fast fashion in boutiques, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, but most of the time it's it's different makers. Buying thrift is one Mm -hmm. thing that you can do to kind of lower the amount of production Mm -hmm. because you're reducing the need, you know, but that's another area. I didn't realize how bad fashion is environmentally and for people. So does does Dress Summer have some of those resources? Can you, Mm -hmm. I'm on their website where you can go see the different brands. Okay. Yep. They have a whole directory. I mean, everything from like home stuff to handbags, clothing, Mm -hmm. where it's all ethically made. And then they have uh, the December Collective that you can join, which is basically just advocates from around the country where you can talk more about December and advocate for them throughout the year instead of just during the month of December. Okay. But yeah, we also have teams like you could join my team if you want. Okay. If you want to be a December advocate. Okay, I'll be a December advocate. Yeah. And I was just thinking, <laughs> okay, I normally start my Christmas shopping in July. It's the end of oh, August wow. and I haven't even thought about it. So my husband's jaw might drop if he heard that. I haven't spent a penny on Christmas yet this year, but I do start because I like start building. But I'm like, what if I focus the holidays around that? Like I went to just the businesses that were listed on their site and supported that that for holiday shopping Mm -hmm. and our downtown businesses through that as well. Well, again, because a lot of our shops down here are locally sourced Mm -hmm. or, you know, handmade. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of handmade goods, but there are stores like Maple and Moss, she specifically wants to carry ethically made brands and she okay. does, you know, so I think there's several stores that do. You just okay. have to ask. Yeah, that's a great way to make an impact. That's a great eye opening thing for me. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, because that's also I mean, I had seen your dress ember stuff, but I I think we've never really dialogued specifically into that. So yeah. Thank you for that education around that of and course. the information. Yeah, I look forward to and maybe listeners too. We can challenge you to look for ethically sourced shopping as you move into this winter. Absolutely. Yeah. So we always ask towards the end of the episode, if you could give our listeners a piece of advice, what would that be? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess kind of what I went back to earlier about just being open, mm-hmm. you know, and it sounds like that's a theme of your podcast. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that. For those of us who are our major planners, I think sometimes it's nice to just plan for things to be open. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that maybe something will come along that 
is where you're supposed to be and it'll be obvious and evident to Mm -hmm. you. I don't know. I sometimes like depending on when I have time to really delve into the deep parts of my brain, I start thinking about like, oh, what are we all here for? And what's the purpose? And all, you know, all of those things. And I feel like the older I get, the more I realize like I just want what I'm putting my time to be something that I'm in alignment with whenever possible. Because time really is like it's such a cliche and you hear it all the time, but it really is our biggest resource. And what your time goes into is usually where your values are. Right. And you might think that it's the other way around, but take a look at where you're spending your time and what you're mm-hmm. doing. And and I think that could be something that could help you redirect what you're doing right now, right. even if you're not feeling good in general, if you're not feeling good in your body and mm-hmm. you're not feeling good about what you're doing and Look at where your time's being spent. Yeah. I did an exercise this weekend and I had my husband do it too. So like we've compared lists, like we didn't do them together because we didn't want to influence each other's lists, but just like what we want in our lives, Mm. like what is important to us? What are our priorities as far as just the types of things we, that interest us, right? And it's funny because I reviewed the list, my list today and analyzed it. It was like, okay, where am I? in alignment and where am I not? And for me, it's, it tends to always go back to outside time. Like Mm. I know my body would feel better and I would feel better if I spent more time in nature. And I try to, but it really, I do need to look at prioritizing that even more because that's, that's something, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Where you're spending your time is And I think Johnny and Michaela said that on their episode. I don't know if Johnny's like, it's kind of like you are what you eat, but whatever activity you're doing is growing you towards that right. in life. So it's kind of a similar idea of how you're spending your time is, is yeah. where you're moving to. Yeah. Yeah. It really does make you stop and go, okay, wait, what should I cut out and what should I add in? Yeah. Right. And like it, life is really, it's short. You're here yeah. for, you know, a little blip on the radar and mm-hmm. generally, generationally speaking, like over the course of years and years and years, it's like we're here because of the work and time of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. What are we putting our time towards what is our legacy going to look like you know is it forwarding something meaningful or are we just wasting it away with Mm -hmm. obligations or you don't get to do it again you know right yeah Yeah. what do what are we doing that we feel like we should be doing but doesn't Mm -hmm. align with what we want to be doing yeah Yeah. exactly so if I think about being open (laughs) I think tomorrow I have this day where I was just going to take my laptop and work, but I have to go to Bellingham. And sometimes you just feel like, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I can't plan it. So tomorrow I'm just going to be open to whatever the day brings. I like it. Like whatever, whatever it brings. Bellingham's beautiful. It is. I love it up there. I actually recently learned that a huge majority of our audience that comes into downtown and homage comes from Bellingham. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they, because they both have the downtown walkability, all that, the similar I love Snohomish and I love Bellingham. Yeah. Like we're the people that love those places, love <laughs> those places. Together. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like I, know, almost, I was kind of surprised to see that. Yeah. I'm excited for you to discover whatever happens yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be a great day. Good. <laughs> so listeners, take some time and think about as you move through your week, how you can be open to whatever comes next. Yeah. <laughs> the next right thing. Yes. <laughs> the next right thing. Thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, thank you. It's always that was fun. great to spend time. It was just kind of like a nice cozy time today. And yeah, it I, was. I like that. So thank you for being here and listeners. We'll see you on the next episode of Soul Fuller Diaries. Soul 
Soul Filler Diaries. Hosted by Brandy Hecker, produced by Red Trucks. <laughs>